and welcome back to another episode of Impact Play, impacting more than just gaming. We are your weekly source for the latest, for the latest news, updates, discussions, and at times have debates that revolve in and around the video games industry. You can be a part of the live show experience over at twitch.tv backslash Impact Play and, and by clicking on the notification bell so you will be notified when we do go live or later on YouTube or even on your favorite podcast platform to simply Search for the Impact Play. I'm your show host, Muhammad, otherwise known as It's Yago. This is episode 83. On this latest episode of the Impact Play, we discuss Ubisoft is creating a Star Wars game for a streamer. Um, the Gregor is breaking Twitch records. Bethesda is working on... An Indiana Jones game, Pokemon is collaborating is collaborating with Katy Perry. Plus, the n- top news stories affecting the gaming space this week. So, well, before we get into the news side of things, we uh, always start with our first segment of the show, where we discuss what, what we have been playing, what have been what we have been enjoying, what are we looking forward to, and just simply anything goes in this segment, even if it d- doesn't directly revolve around video games. So, Without further ado, the games that have been on this week are Gears 5, the, Hive, the new Hive Buster DLC, Dragon Quest 11, if I'm not mistaken, the new Dragon Quest game on Game, on game Pass, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I've been on and off, and Fortnite. Uh, we do have a community game night every Friday, but I believe last Friday we weren't, we weren't able to, to host it. But hopefully we'll be able to host one this week. And we tend to go to Fortnite because that is the game that is everywhere, essentially. And it has crossplay everywhere. I know Warzone is, but not as... Not as... Um, not, an, not It's not on every platform compared to Fortnite. Fortnite's on mobile, on the Nintendo Switch, on Android. That's why I prefer playing games that way. With that, with our with our community. So if you want to participate, uh, go ahead and click on the Discord tab below, or simply uh, enter exclamation Discord in Twitch chat now. So the games that I am looking forward to that are coming out later on this month are Hitman Three from the from IO Interactive and the Medium. From the blueprint team. I've seen the trailers for the medium. And this looks super interesting. Kind of reminds me of. Uh, what's that like horror game I played earlier. Or, uh, not too long ago. Uh, uh, darn it. Hold on. I know I have it here. I, uh, let me check if I have it on the Epic Store. My, my Epic Library. Or is it on a different library. On a different launcher. Let's see. No, I think it's here. Uh, Alan Wake. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, it was here. Like, I, once, I saw, once I played that game, I'm like, what the hell is all this? <laughs> so I feel like this is my type of game. Like, and you can easily switch between world and so on and so forth. But it looks great. And as soon as the medium launches, I'll play that day one. And him in three. Uh, let me see. When, when does that launch? Wanna get the launch date exactly? Let 
let's see the medium is going to be released the 28th of january and hitman 3 i think it's available i'm not exactly sure let me see oh no the 22nd i think no january 20th so three days from this recording so these are literally coming out like this week both these, both these games essentially like in yeah so by uh, next week both these games should be out I, I feel like the medium is going to definitely catch my eye because i feel like if i hop in to him and three i won't be able to play the medium <laughs> once it launches because i'm going I'm to be invested in that game so i'm going to wait until i play the medium and then of course i'll, I'll play uh, hitman and we're going to discuss uh, um, more, more Hitman news later, later on in the news segment. Because we do have a couple of news stories in regards to that game. And that's essentially it. But I guess we're going to we'll move on to the news side of things. <laughs> All right, let's see. Where are you? News, news, news. Found you. All right. Let's see. Where are you? Oh, here's a nice little thing. Google Stadia and GeForce now are coming to LG TVs later on this year. It's coming from The Verge. LG has announced that it's bringing two of the leading game cloud gaming service, services, Google Stadia and NVIDIA's GeForce Now to its newest TVs later on this year. Stadia is expected to be available in the second half of the year after the 2020 lineup of OLED, QNED, and NanoCell TVs starting shipping, start shipping, with GeForce Now coming sometime later. The news signifies a continued expansion for both services. Google has promised that Stadia will come to Google TV including the latest Chromecast in the first half of 2021. Last week, Sony announced its 2020 lineup TVs that will all run Google TV, so it's safe, so it's safe to assume that they'll have Google Stadia as well. So, as for GeForce Now, it's currently available on NVIDIA's Shield platform, of course, Windows, Mac OS, Chrome OS, Android, and Beta on Safari for iOS and iPad OS. But won't ship natively to TVs, so LG is among the first in, the, in this regard. This is actually a surprise to me that these two uh, are coming to TVs before xCloud is. And xCloud is the most popular platform. <laughs> and it's been out for a couple of years in beta. But for some reason, these are going to be on LG TV. So it looks like they're working on something as well. I, I, I talked about this uh, last year, and regards to XCloud, when there was rumors going on about some sort of HDMI stick or like a Fire Stick type device that plugs into your TV, you could have access to Game Pass. You could you could uh, hook hook it up to your controller and so on. So hopefully, uh, XCloud will won't be too far behind. But without further ado, let's move on to the next news article that we have here. Uh, here's another one coming from Polygon. 
a cheating software platform is facing a lawsuit dually from Riot Games and Bungie for producing hacks for Valorant and Destiny 2, amongst other video games, according to a complaint obtained by Polygon. Lawyers for Riot and Bungie filed the complaint in the Central District of California court on Friday, alleging that Cameron Cantos of Gator Cheats, as well as others, is trafficking in a portfolio of malicious cheats and hacks. Bungie and Riot alleged that Santos and the Gator Cheats staff sell and distribute their cheating software through our website, but also via email, Telegram, and Discord. Not too surprising, but let's continue reading on. The software providing is specifically designed to go undet undetected by Riot and Bungie's anti-cheat technology systems. Access to the cheating software ranges from $90 per month to $500 to lifetime access to cheat. Um, but yeah, that's essentially it. But it's not a surprise. And here is an update. A Riot spokesperson told Polygon that cheating undermines a game's competitive integrity and erodes community trust. It, it continued Riot is wholly committed to upholding these values for its players. So when we become aware of a cheat maker, you bet we're going to go after them. Is it not surprising? And Nintendo did this as well, not too long ago. We talked about this on live, uh, live on the show on a previous episode. That they, that cheaters, they're on a whole another, a whole another thing. If you're going away to undermine a game or a program or what have you. Of course, they have to protect their IP. Of course, they have to protect their community and so on, the integrity of the game. So you better believe it that they're going to go and come after you if if you cheat. And this was, I believe, Nintendo went after like uh, what was that event? Uh, that they that they ended it. They sent them a a, a like a nice little letter. Please, don't cheat. Uh, otherwise, don't use our games because you are using cheating software. You are using illegal copies of the game. If not, we will take legal action. They ignored them, but then, so they had to they had to take legal action. So they sent them a cease and desist letter. So let me see if I could grab that real quick. Let's see. Uh, I've got the embedded friend. Let's see. Nintendo. Mm. Nope. Acquires. Nope. 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 Oh, I found it. <laughs> totally, I love Microsoft Teams. It makes everything so convenient. Uh, what was this thingy? Let me see. Oh, no, this wasn't it. This was about somebody that made custom Joy-Con covers for, for the for the Switch. And it was the charity thing. So they sent her a cease and this is as well. That wasn't it. Osaka, let's see. Move this over like this. Oh, I found it. 
It's a, it was a Smash Brothers tournament. Let's see. Uh, I believe it's one of those famous uh, tournaments as well. well. One of the well-known ones. Smash Bros. Melee. I think that's what it's called. Hold on. Let me read this article real quick. Let me skim through it. The Big House? Let me Google this real quick. Let's see. Yes, yeah, it's, it's The Big House. Could have sworn it was in another tournament. Okay. Well, that was it. <laughs> it's the my season. It's this letter. So it didn't take me too long. So like Microsoft Teams is... I, I use that for uh, discovering story, news stories that are news that are uh, newsworthy to mention on the show. And it makes everything like easy, even if I need to look for it. All right, let's see what we got. Did I talk about this? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, here it is. Next on the list is coming from The Verge. Spanish streamer and EU heretics team owner, David the Greg F- or the the G-R-E-F-G Martinez smashed the concurrent record on Twitch with more than 2 million live viewers tuning in to watch him reveal his icon series Fortnite skin. His excitement was powerful and views watched live as Martinez googled Twitch's previous records on his own record-breaking stream. Uh... So he set the record back in twenty March of 2018 at 635,000 views. And he set a new world record at 1.1 million views. No, he exceeded the 1.1 million view record held by Esports League e- E-League TV. And now uh, he passed more than 2 million concurrent views, taking the all-time record on Twitch. Which is congrats on him. All right, next we have on the list is coming from Teams. It's industry.biz. Cyberpunk 2077 developer CD Project is being investigated by Poland's Office of Competition and Consumer Protection. The news was initially reported by Polish business newspaper. Uh, I'm going to bash this name, but let's give it a shot. Dezinik Gazata Prana. With UOKIK spokesperson Malgorzara Siolak saying that the organizations approached CD Project Grid to understand the issue with the game and what actions have been taken to fix them. We will check how the manufacturing how the manufacturer is working on the introduction of amendments and or solutions to difficulties preventing the game to work on different consoles, but also how it intends to act in relation to the persons who filed complaints and are dissatisfied with their purchase due to the inability to play games on on the equipment despite previous assurances that it would. Once uh, they have discussed the situation with CD Projekt Red, they will make a decision on the next steps of the investigation. Uh... But 
we've talked about see, Cyberpunk 2077 before. What I believe is what they did, they, did, they took this route, they took a similar route with The Witcher 3, which was the most beloved game of, of its time. But they felt like they could do the same, they could go the same path with Cyberpunk 2077. But it's, it's playable on older consoles, but you will, your experience will be degraded heavily if you were to play that game. That's why I've put this on my on my backlog as well until they make it until they make the experience much more enjoyable, much more playable on these older consoles. Or more than likely what's gonna happen is I'm gonna have my Series X before then and I'll just play it play it on there. But they felt like they could release a game as is and then hopefully they'll be able to patch it as soon as possible so it could be more uh, playable and and people will have a much more uh, better experience with their game. Because they took, like I said, they took a similar route with The Witcher and they felt like they could, they could, they could take that same route with Cyberpunk. Even though it's a much larger world, more in-depth world than The Witcher was. But I feel like they took that route, but... We're going to get into more Cyberpunk news as well. This is the first. Um... Nope. Let's see, where are you? Ooh, perfect. Okay, we'll get into that in a minute. Okay, let's move you here. And then... Nope. Nope. I think, yeah, I think that's the only one. Okay. Let me see if I could show this on stream. Give me a second, folks. Okay. Hmm, that works. Uh, where are you? Window capture. I think that's it. Oops. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm not used to this as being a one-man show for production and streaming and so on. So here we go. How do I make this? Hold on. Let me go to Cyberpunk. Oh wow, Twitter that grades the video. Okay, let me see if I can go to YouTube and get it. Give me a second. Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, let me see. Here it is. Our commitment. Okay, let me put my headset on as well, because I haven't watched this. I wanted to watch this live with you guys. And then we'll talk about this together. Okay. HD, perfect. Theater mode. How come I can't hear it? Okay. 
Why is it on? Oh, wait, I know why. It's on mute. The tab is on mute, probably. Yeah, I figured it's much. Why is it not playing? Oh, wait. Hold on. Nope. Okay, hold on. Something's not right. Uh, My name is Mark Chernyinsky and I'm the co-founder of CD Projekt. When I started CD Projekt 25 years ago, one of its founding principles was honest and direct communication with gamers. When CD Projekt Red, the game development part of CD Projekt was born, it added something important to that principle, the ambition to make the best games in the world. It became our mission and something that guided us up until now. Based on that legacy of genuine and honest communication, you've trusted us and pre-ordered our game. And despite good reviews on PC, the console version of Cyberpunk 2077 did not meet the quality standard we wanted it to meet. I and the entire leadership team are deeply sorry for this, and this video is me publicly owning up to that. Please, don't fault any of our teams for what happened. They all are incredibly talented and hardworking. Myself and the board are the final decision makers, and it was our call to release the game. Although, believe me, we never ever intended for anything like this to happen. I assure you that we'll do our best to regain your trust. Now I'd like to tell you how the situation looked like from the inside. Cyberpunk 2077 is huge in scope. And I'm not only talking about quests or things you see at first glance. I'm talking about a multitude of custom objects, interacting systems and mechanics. In the game, everything is not stretched out over flat terrain where we can make things less taxing hardware-wise, but condensed in one big city and in a relatively loading-free environment. On its own, this is a challenge, but we made it even more difficult for ourselves by wanting to make the game look epic on PCs and then adjusting it to consoles, especially old gems. That was our core assumption, and things did not look super difficult at first. We knew the hardware gap, yes, but ultimately, I think that time has proven that uh, we've underestimated the task. To give you a concrete example and the main culprit, we had to constantly improve our in-game streaming system for all-gen consoles. Streaming is responsible for feeding the engine with what you see on screen, as well as the game mechanics. And since the city is so packed and the disk bandwidth of all-gens is what it is, it constantly challenged us. Every change and improvement needed to be tested, and as it turned out, our testing did not show a big part of the issues you experienced while playing the game. As we got closer to the final release, we saw significant improvements each and every day, and we really believed we would deliver in the final Day Zero update. Now let's talk about the review process. We started sending our PC review keys in the first days of December. On launch day, December 10th, we hit the ground running with a really good start on PC. While not perfect, it's a version of Cyberpunk we are very proud of. At the same time, we're fighting for quality on all-gen consoles till the very last moment. And every extra day of us working on the Day Zero update brought visible improvement. This is why we started sending console review keys on the 8th of December, which was later than we originally planned. This all happened while working from home with all the challenges resulting from the COVID-related restrictions. A lot of the dynamics we normally take for granted got lost over video calls or email, and we took that hit too. Now I'd like to tell you about our plans for the future and present a path for Cyberpunk 2077 on consoles and PC. We have already released three hotfixes improving the game, but that's just the beginning. 
Our ultimate goal is to fix the bugs and crashes gamers are experiencing across platforms. Please expect bigger and smaller patches on a regular basis. The first update will be dropping within 10 days and it will be followed by another, more significant one in the following weeks. We will, of course, continue to work on the game in future updates and improvements beyond that. Our big plans for supporting Cyberpunk in the long term did not change. As for the free DLCs, our initial plan was to deliver them just after the release, much like we did with The Witcher 3. We decided to focus on the most important fixes and updates first, and we'll be releasing the DLCs afterwards. Expect more information in the upcoming months. For those of you playing on next-gen consoles in back compatibility, you can still expect the free next-gen update for Xbox Series consoles and PlayStation 5 arriving in 2021. We are aiming at the second half of the year. I'd like to end this video by assuring you that we treat this entire situation very seriously and are working hard to make it right. The guiding principles of our company are still core to what we do. We still want to make amazing games and have an open communication with you, our players. For now, our immediate focus is to work hard on making sure you enjoy Cyberpunk 2077 regardless of platform. Beyond Cyberpunk, we have many plans for the future, which we'll share more about when we're ready. Thank you for taking the time to watch this video. All right, that's it, folks. So, my thoughts is an apology letter. It was, like I said before, this was on leadership because they only pushed the PC onto the, the PC the PC version of the game literally a less than a week before launch of the game to people of people of the industry people in media so they could play test the game and plus on top of that I believe that they weren't even allowed to use their own gameplay footage they had to use Cyberpunk's dedicated game footage instead of using their own that's two and the third they didn't release any console keys at all. So what does that tell us? And I've talked about this literally before. That they knew that there was an issue with consoles. I'm, I'm sure that they knew. Because they do quality testing for games on a, on a, on a daily, constant basis. So this isn't much of a surprise. Like I said, they wanted to push it out, out there. Because they, they, they've delayed this long enough. Because even if they would delay this game even further... People would have been all up in arms about the delay. But I've said this before. A delay is nothing if the game is up to up to par. If it, if it, if it's not up like at its highest fidelity that it can be. People complain about delays, what have you. If the game isn't isn't up to speed, what's what's the point for losing the game just to make these uh, vocal mi minor minority happy? No, take your sweet time with it. With the game, no matter how many delays you have to put out there, make just make sure the game is up and running before it's released. And that's why Halo Infinite was released an entire year, not a couple of months, not a week, an entire year until 2022. Because they knew it wasn't ready. They got they've gotten feedback from the community, and they decided, no, we need to. Make, make make not just a few light changes. We have to make some heavy adjustments to this game so it's up to speed, so it's up to the quality that the community wants and that we add it to. But they were aware of this. It's like I said, it was on leadership that wanted to push this game out. All right. 
so that's it for that. Let's see what do we got. And please be respectful. No matter what you dislike about a game, what you like about a game, be respectful. Be you could be critical, but be respectful. Do not uh, give out threats or what have you just because you're a fan of a certain game or a certain platform. We are all gamers. We should all have fun, enjoy these products that the developers work so hot, so hard for to make to help us. To help us make an experience uh, uh, of their games, to help to help us even enjoy their games even further, to have a great time. But sending out hate does not solve anything. Those they are people as well. They have families. So please, please, please. I've said this many times before. This our community is all about positivity, all about supporting one another, and we do not condone any negativity or hatred whatsoever and that is not acceptable regardless all right let's see oh yeah forgot about this uh let's see pokemon is collaborating with kitty perry for its 25th anniversary this is coming from games radar The Pokemon Company revealed uh, uh, comes from a YouTube video in which that they kind of tease Katy Perry in it. So I feel like there's more news uh, coming out of this. But yeah, that is a great partnership. And now, let's see what we got. Uh, oh, found it. Let's see, what's this? Hogwarts Legacy is delayed until 2022. WB Games' upcoming open-world Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy, has been pushed back to 2022. It was previously uh, uh, slated to arrive later this year. And here is a tweet coming from their official Twitter account. We would like to thank fans from around the world on the tremendous reaction to the announcement of Hogwarts Legacy, from our hold on, give me a second, folks. I just yeah, I feel like this is better. Let's just show you guys what I'm reading, so you can read along if you, if you so choose. We would like to thank fans from around the world on the tremendous reaction to the announcement of Hogwarts Legacy from our Pokey Games label, creating the best possible experience for all of the Wizarding World and gaming fans is paramount to us so we are giving the game the time it needs Hogwarts Legacy will be released in 2022 like I said take all the time you need as long as the game is up to speed up to the quality that we all adhere to take as much time as you as you as you need to give us a tremendous in-game quality experience all right Now, well, yeah, what is it next? We have Capcom has revealed that an event or Resident Evil 8 will be taking place on the January 21st at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. And this is a tweet coming from Capcom as well. Uh, where is that tweet? I could have sworn that showed it. All right, let me go find it, folks. Give me a second. 
Hold on, go back. No, not what I want. All right, might as well show you guys the article. Okay, where's window? Transition. Don't, here it is. Don't miss that. Resident Evil Showcase on January 21st at... Uh, did I just read this? Uh, oh, no, here it is. Uh, uh, 17 Eastern, so that's like 5 p.m. Eastern. Join... Uh, Brittany Barnbacher, aka Blundered, from What's Good Games, on a guided tour of Resident Evil Village, including a new trailer, first ever gameplay, and lots more Resident Evil news. Oh, wait, this has music, so. Oh. Uh, that might be flagged on YouTube, so. I guess we'll view this later on. But if you guys want to view it, I'll sh share with you the. Let me see if I can find this link. Yeah, I found it. I'll do it without music. The first to react to a new trailer and gameplay walkthrough for Resident Evil Village and more news related to the Resident Evil franchise. I cannot wait, and I will see you soon. There you go. So if you guys are interested or of the Resident Evil franchise, be sure to tune in. I have no idea where, but just follow their social media, their Twitch, and so on. But congratulations to Brittany, who well deserved, because she is a huge, a humongous Resident Evil fan and the host. Of, I'm sorry, one of the co-hosts of What's Good Games. I love people breaking out in the industry. It's such a tremendous thing because there is an abundance of opportunities out there. If you guys want to break in, you need to put in the work. They just the opportunities don't just come from from thin air. You need to put in the work so people can view your portfolio. What are you what are you known for? What your knowledge and so on, and, and even your experience. So, Outriders. If has been del uh, delayed or, or let me see details revealed let me see uh this is coming from square enix official press release i know okay the demo will be available for the 25th for free for everyone on the ps5 xbox series x s playstation 4 xbox one and pc it will be released on april 1st and google say later in 2021 so it's just pc uh, features are detailed. That's all it is. Uh, Outriders features an extensive suite of advanced display options for players to tweak their setup to get the most out of their PC, along with supports for 13 languages, UI customization options, full crossplay across all platforms, which is great, ultra wide screen support, dynamic resolution scaling to ensure performance. Stay solid and full. NVIDIA DLSS support. <laughs> the people can fly team has worked hard to ensure a consistent frame rate regardless of PC capabilities. And our hardware requirements are geared towards ensuring players will be will always be enjoying better smooth 60 frames per second on PC. And I'm sure this is going to be... They're going to have... Uh, 
people are gonna have similar experiences on this on the newer generation consoles, so the series actually series consoles as well as the PlayStation Five. All right, next we have the opening of the Super Nintendo World Amusement Park has been delayed indefinitely while Japan continues to battle the coronavirus pandemic. This isn't a surprise whatsoever because they said earlier, I believe in December, that they were planning on doing an opening on February to be able to the public. Come on, we're in a brand new world with a pandemic that's going on. So no matter what plans you have or goals you have, don't just say we're gonna open this month or this day. Say we are we plan to be open hopefully by February. That looks better than just saying we're going to be open on February and then you send out this saying, Oh no, COVID da, 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 da. we know that. Nothing even if we weren't even if we weren't in a pandemic. Still, anything can happen. Nothing is set in stone. Wow. All right. Next on the list. Hmm, Okay, we'll talk about VR later on. What do we have here? I guess not. That's VR. That's VR. I guess a lot of people are going to be excited for this. Pokemon Snap now finally has a release date. Give me a second. Let it load. Come on. Go down. It's going going to be released April 30th. And then we also got a brand new trailer as well. So if you you guys want to check that out. Be sure to search YouTube for Pokemon Snap. It's a unique, your first unique view of the Lentel region, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, if you guys are interested, be sure to check that out. And yeah, it's finally going to be released soon. <laughs> now you just have to be patient. All right, let's see what we got. We talked about that. Put that here. What do we got here? We talked about that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cyberpunk. Uh, Forgot to talk about this before. There are multiplayer modes. Come uh, have been... The details have been discovered. As reported by DSO Gaming. And this is coming from Games Radar. Data miners appear to have found details about upcoming multiplayer modes after digging into Cyberpunk 2077's exec- executable file. Among the code are references to two different multiplayer modes. I'm not going to talk about this, about the specifics, because like I said, we're, gonna, we're keeping the spoiler free. But, yeah. Okay. Now, the big one. Lucasfilm has announced a new unifying identity. Behind all gaming titles connecting connected to Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm Games. This is coming from GamesIndustry.biz. In a blog post on StarWars.com, Lucasfilm announced a uh, new social channels for Lucasfilm Games, as well as a new logo that will appear on all future Lucas Games titles. 
Lucasfilm Games title, sorry. <laughs> Lucasfilm's legacy in gaming stretches back decades, reads the post, and with Lucasfilm and the galaxy far, far away, entering a new and unprecedented phase of creativity, so will the world of Lucasfilm Games, developed in collaboration with the final studios across the industry. The new Lucasfilm, ga Lucasfilm Games has existed for decades. Initially, then we talked about that. Uh, oh yeah, we'll talk about this further about the EA stuff. Let's give me a second. Let me pull up that article. Here it is. I think this is it. No, that's not it. Oh yeah, this is it. Okay. Here's an article coming from the Wired. Lucasfilm Games. <laughs> I'm, I'm always gonna get that confused. Lucasfilm Games announced that it's entering a new partnership with Ubisoft to create an open-world Star Wars game. The title will be developed by Ubisoft Massive Entertainment, making the first time that a company outside of EA has produced a Star Wars game since Disney acquired Lucasfilm back in 2012, ending nearly eight years of exclusivity. Alone in the works is a new Indiana Jones game to be developed to be developed by Bethesda Game Studios, a newcomer to Lucasfilms and Disney's properties. Let's start with Star Wars development. By this new title is still very early. Massive is still recruiting for the project. Even so, of course, details are scarce. It's just like that they're working on, on the game that that just broke out in its entirety. And this announcement followed the news that Lucasfilm Games is partnering with Bethesda, with Bethesda to create an Indian Jones title, the first non-Star Wars AAA game outside of Lucasfilm in years. The move marks a, a seismic shift for the Lucasfilm's approach to, to gaming, widening the tent for developers that want to create games using Lucasfilm franchising, particularly in the Star Wars universe. EA had the license for over for 10 years now, and the license, I believe, will expire in 2023. Uh, let's see. Here is an announcement, I believe. The Star Wars Galaxy is an, an amazing source of motivation for our team to innovate and push the boundaries for our medium, of our medium. Building new worlds, characters, and stories that will become lasting parts of the Star Wars lore is an incredible opportunity for us. And we are excited to have our Ubisoft Massive Studio working closely with Lucasfilm Games to create an original Star Wars adventure that is different from anything that has ever been done before. Yeah, this came from uh, Ubisoft. But I feel like what they're doing is they're opening the Star Wars IP to pretty much anyone that wants to create a game for it, that wants to license out their game and create a tremendous experience. So what I feel like what's going on is that EA didn't do the this universe justice because they've been in control of uh, the exclusive license for over ten for ten years now, correct? For less than ten years, but it's going on. It's going to be ten years. So Lucasfilms and Disney felt like they need to broaden uh, the IP to other developers that to other huge studios that want to create a game using their IP. 
So once they find that perfect studio, they're going to create a partnership or even a, a some sort of uh, agreement or exclusivity with them. Once they find, it's more like of a matchmaking, matchmaking type of thing. So until they find the right studio, they're going to pretty much license license this out to whoever wants to make a game for them, essentially. A Star Wars game. So, and speaking of the Indiana Jones thing, people are speculating that it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. And that's my, that's why uh, I'm going to be taking this as well. That it's going to be and exclusive to Bethesda. This is why you spend seven point seven point five billion dollars on a studio to have exclusivity to their IPs to bring people over to your platform. So hopefully, we'll see even more Bethesda deals. Until the reason why we are not seeing anything from, from Microsoft or Bethesda saying that it is some sort of exclu- exclusivity on, on, on the Xbox ecosystem is because the deal isn't written in stone just yet. That's why there, none of uh, Bethesda or Microsoft is saying anything official until this deal is written, official, and so on. But this is one of the main reasons why you spend this amount of money on, a, on IP on a studio, on their technology, and so on. Uh, so let's see. Next to on the list, what do we got? Oh, we talked about the Indiana Jones thing. Okay, Fortnite is getting a Predator crossover skin. Which is Fortnite is doing such a tremendous job with their cross uh, <laughs> cross game uh, IRL stuff skins and, and so on. Like Fortnite's the leader in all this, <laughs> essentially. Let's see what do we got. Twitch and Facebook has seen the best months for viewership. Uh, in December at 1.7 billion hours and 388 million hours watched, respectively. This is coming from GameIndustry.biz. According to Streams Elements analytic partner Arsenal.gg, Fortnite was the most watched game for the month at 81 million hours, followed by League of Legends at 77 million, World of Warcraft at 76 million, Minecraft at 58 million, and Cyberpunk 2077 at 53 million. In total, in total, Twitch reached 17 billion hours watched for the full year of 2020, up 83% from 9 million from 90 billion hours back in 2018. Facebook gaming, meanwhile, saw a 3.59 billion hours watched in 2020, up 166% from 1.35 billion back in 2019. And I said this before, streaming, live streaming platforms are going to watch the most. Everyone is, we're in a pandemic now, and that's why these hours are up even further. But, once these 
once the views are up, people, it's going to bring more awareness to live stream, to live stream platforms. But I feel like these numbers won't, won't decrease heavily, but they'll stay at an average amount that are not, not as close to this amount, but it'll, it'll, the numbers will still be high regardless. So if I, anyone wants to break into live streaming, go ahead. Just make sure you know what you are signing up for. It takes work. It takes long hours before anyone, before any type of discover discoverability, joining community, or even creating your own community. And don't rely on these live streaming platforms alone on discoverability. Otherwise, you won't be discovered at all. Social media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, what have you. Use hashtags, use anything. Just put in the work, put in the hours. If this is what you you want to pursue, if this is the path you want to take, just let no one stop you and keep focused no matter what obstacles you face. Uh, what's this we have here? Let's see. Here's an article coming from Games Freighter. A new jobs listing on developer Sucker Punch points to, to Ghost of Tsushima sequel point be, uh, being in production. A job listing on Sucker Punch's website calls for a combat designer who has played Ghost of Tsushima and understands its core combat systems. Additionally, the role calls for an individual who can polish and balance enemies, player abilities, and progressive systems, all of which were featured in Ghost of Tsushima when it launched last year. So, looks like we're getting a sequel. Hopefully, some type of official announcement will be in the works later on this year. Let's see. Nintendo is celebrating its 35th anniversary of Super Mario Bros. Boots with a limited edition colorway of the Switch and its accompanying accessories, Mario Red and Blue. And it's coming from Hypebeast. Uh, it'll be available on February 12th on Nintendo's website. Guys, are you interested in purchasing this? Be sure to check out Nintendo.com. Alrighty. Hmm. The original Halo website is shutting down in February. And this is coming from another one with Games Radar. Bungie will be taking down the original website for Halo later in this February, so be sure to save any screenshots, stats, or files while you can. The news came in the latest this week at Bungie Update, which confirmed that Halo.Bungie.net site will be taken offline permanently on February 9th. Almost nine years ago, stats and files from my previous franchise Halo stopped getting updated on Bungie.net. The post reads, since then, all stats, files, and other data from Halo 2, Halo 3, ODST, and Halo Reach have live uh, on in remembrance at Halo.Bungie.net. is it a surprise, because Bungie was the previous developer, but now they've transferred that uh, license, essentially, to the Reforged Industries. Uh, I feel like why this is happening is because Halo Infinite is slated to be released later on this year, in November. And once that happens, there will be a sort of reboot 
to create a brand new website for stats and so and so forth. Or it'll be built into the Xbox, that your Xbox stats as well. So it'll be either or, but otherwise it'll also be integrated. Nonetheless. So. Oh, let's talk about, we have a couple of other news stories before we move on to the VR and AR side of things. Uh, we are getting a brand new Series X slash S controller in February. And it's a, a red edition compared to the blue one. So instead of the blue controller, it's red in the front, essentially. And I'm getting this as well. <laughs> uh, let me show this so you guys, if you guys want to view it, you can do so. Uh, window capture. I think that's it. No, that's not it. Uh, nope. It's supposed to be this one. Transition. All right. Oh, my bad. Okay. So, I guess I'm showing it. Oh, wait, my bad. I see what happened. There we go. <laughs> I was wondering, like, what the heck is going on? See, I told you, this is what happens when I'm in a, when you are a one man show. So, this is it essentially. But it looks good. Looks super good. Can't wait to get. Oh, can't wait to grab this. Okay, now let's see what do we got. Okay, uh, yes, we're talking about Little Nightmares Two. We got our preview. Uh, let's see, and it's going to be released on February 11th on PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Ooh, and Switch too, nice. And also, it'll be playable on the PS5 and Xbox Series platforms, backwards compatibility. An update will apparently follow to enhance it for the newer consoles. But yeah, I'm excited for that as well. And I also have the first Little Nightmares as well, because it is available on Xbox Game Pass. No, it's like, no I think it's available on Xbox Live Gold uh, Games for Gold. I'll definitely be playing this on live on stream. So next, what do we got? Mm. Oh, Man Eater. The game that's available on PS Plus is getting a new DLC. That is dubbed as coming very soon. This is coming from Screen Rant. Man Eater developer Tripwire Interactive recently took part in a Reddit AMA. In so doing so, the studio confirmed that DLC for the Shark RPG is currently in the works. The crew at Tripwire launched Man Eater last May to much acclaim. 
in many in the many months since then, the title has only grown in popularity. Shortly after the role of many eaters free next generation update and physical release, the title managed to capture headlines once more. Uh for the month of January, uh it's the PS plus title for PlayStation 5 owners. And yeah, that's essentially it. Next. The Lord of the Rings TV show plot has been uh, details and the settings have been revealed, and it's going to be on Amazon Prime. But I obviously, like I said, we won't go into spoilers and so on. It's just so you, you all be you, you all will be aware. All right, I guess we'll go into the VR. AR. Oh, wait. before we get to the VR, we have more. We get our first look at Microsoft. I'm sorry, at Mortal Kombat movie we got our first look revealed so you could uh, look this up on entertainment entertainment magazine there are a couple of still shots but honestly it looks pretty decent hopefully it'll be a lot better than the original release back in 1995 so only time will tell all right so now we'll go on to the vr ar side of things <laughs> uh this is funny okay we have one more article. Oh, here's a, here's a game that I'm definitely excited for. Blue Fire will be released on February 4th on both Switch and Steam. So I feel like I'm going to be playing it on both platforms. And I'm definitely excited for this. Uh, so we got like more in-game uh, content that's been announced. But like I said, we're going to leave the spoiler free. If you guys want to check this out, check out the trailer. Be sure to do so. The trailer looks great. It, 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 as soon as I watched the trailer, it gave me similar vibes to Hades. But I feel like with Blue Fire, I'm going to have a much more experience. But we'll see. We'll see uh, once, it, uh, once it's released in February. And I'll definitely be sharing this on day one. Okay, now we're going to VR and AR. Rock Room has over 1 million monthly active VR users. And all these articles, by the way, actually, you know, not all of them. Uh, this is coming from Road to VR. As only a month ago, that social VR platform Rip Room rep- reported it crossed the 2 million annual VR user mark, an important milestone worth celebrating along with the app's five-year journey. This developer... This- uh, its developers tell Road to VR that Rook Room ha- has seen a significant tick in users recently, and is it now reports over one million monthly active VR users on the platform concurrently. Next, on from Road to VR as well. Now, last year, CES Panasonic unveiled a prototype of a pretty sleek pair of VR glasses. Only a few journalists got a chance to try the prototype then. Knowing that they were more akin to a VR viewer since they lacked room skill tracking and was primarily used for watching immersive video while while tethered to a PC. <laughs> However, at this year's CES 2021, Panasonic showed off a new and improved version of the device, which packs in some pretty intriguing specs alongside the new addition of optical 6D off tracking. The uh, glasses also include both IPD adjustment and the 
adjustment mechanism to accommodate the nearsighted users. Important features features to have for a close-fitting VR headset. So uh, that's why I'm reading these articles because this is blurring the lines where I want VR to be. Instead of having a full-fledged headset on on you, people, uh, companies and developers are working on glasses that are giving you a much similar experience. Next. Uh, Oculus Quest 2 is getting multi-user accounts and app sharing next month. It's coming from Road to VR once again. Facebook announced that its long-awaited support for multi-user accounts and device-specific app sharing is heading to the Oculus Quest 2 starting next month. The company said in a blog post, uh, it will let you add up to three secondary accounts to a single device. App sharing will additionally give primary account holders the ability to share the library of apps between those secondary local profiles. Shared apps will allow users to maintain separate game progress and their own profile-specific achievements. This didn't take too long. Because people, because like I said before, they said this previously, closer to their uh, announcement of the Quest 2, where if people were using their profile on multiple headsets, that they will be suspended and so on. But like I said, if a household has, for instance, if a household has similar Switch consoles, they want to use, that's what they have family. You you could have Nintendo Switch family online to share, to share the Nintendo Switch online and so on. Even though Nintendo isn't the great with online features, this will have this will have a feature nonetheless. It's honestly didn't take too long because this would have been a disaster if they if they didn't release this soon. No, here's another article coming from Road to VR. AR startup Rokit announced a new AR headset called the Rokit Vision 2, which incorporates waveguide optics into an impressive slim package. To achieve its glasses-like form factor, the Rovid Vision 2 doesn't include onboard computing or power. For that, users can connect to smartphones, laptop, gaming consoles, and tablets, the company says. At a Chinese-based startup, says that the Vision 2 headset includes the world's leading destructive optical waveguide technology with a light transmitter of 85% and 40 degree field of view. The headset also includes dual integrative speaker and dual microphones, which which the company says can be used for hands-free voice control. Now, we're not going to go into the specs side of things, of course, but yeah, it's nice to know. Uh, What's this? 2020 was a big year for VR on Steam, with the release of new headsets such as Valve's flagship VR title, Half-Life Alex, and the coronavirus pandemic, which drove large increase in gaming. These factors combined pushed monthly connected VR headsets on Steam to pass the 2 billion, I'm sorry, the 2 million milestone for the very first time. This came from the road to VR.com. Alright, the last and final news article is coming from Tom's Guide. Oh wait, we already talked about this. <laughs> Sorry folks. It was just a duplicate article about the Oculus Quest uh, upcoming features in February. And let's see if we have any breaking news stories that we could discuss or any, anything that we may have missed. Ooh, here's something that just came out five minutes ago. 
from Xbox News, creator and director of Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I'm gonna back your name, but let me show this on stream. I uh, what's this guy's name? Ta Tamanobo Tagaki. I established my own company at Tagaki Games, which is not Tecmo nor Valhalla. I knew Microsoft is so aggressive. If they reach out to me, I will be an honor for me. But yeah. Uh, how do I do this? No, oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> I'm starting to get the hang of this now. But yeah, like I said, there is an abundance. If you guys want to break out, do your own thing. I'm so I'm happy for you all, no matter who you are. Uh, I also have the full article as well, the full the full interview. If you guys want to view that, I'm gonna view that in chat now. And also, be sure to include that in the show notes. Like for those wanting to listen later on or view it on YouTube later on as well, once it's up, once it's up and available. Okay, let's see what do we got. Uh, I think that's it. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's about it. So. Let's move on to Raider Mail. We want to know your feedback, your thoughts, if any questions you may have for us for sending us Raider Mail on our Discord server, we're leaving a voice note over, over at anchor.fm backslash the impact play, even by sending us an email to readymail at the impactplay.com. Who knows, we even be featured on a future episode or even our special Raider Mail segment of the show. Okay. So, thank you guys so much for making the Empire Player part of your day. If you wish to join our community server over on Discord, be sure to enter exclamation Discord in chat now. If you wish to join, I'm sorry, we're trying to unlock subscriptions over on Twitch, and we need your help. Share the channel with your friends, your family, and anyone who believe would benefit or even have a tremendous time enjoying the show. Leave us a review, even just... I'm sorry, leave us a review if you just are rating on your favorite platform. Have a great folks. Until next time. <laughs>